Let me just breathe for a second. <clears throat> My name is Cindy. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I brought a picture of me when I was eight years old. And, and I, was, I was cute, and I was sweet, and I was funny. And then when puberty came, I wasn't cute or funny anymore. And I had a really, really hard teenage experience. And um, there was a point where I gained um, 30 pounds in 30 days and was hospitalized a little bit for some abuse. And I also just got from my sister a picture of me in high school when I was graduating. And um, there's such a difference for me to look at the three of us. And I try really hard to have compassion for my history and how hard it, it was for me. Um, in college, I had addiction to laxative and diuretics. I never heard of bulimia. I had no idea that I had something. I can tell you that I was really happy when I found out there was a name for what I had. Um, I took up to 40 and 30 laxatives and diuretics at one time. I would pass out and every morning think, okay, I won't do that anymore. I won't, I won't do it. I'm cleansed. I have this cleansed thing about the everything's flushed and now I'm, and now I'm okay. And I couldn't stop. And um, I went to UCLA to their um, clinic for eating disorders. Um, I was the only bulimic who, who wasn't um, growing up. So I was the only heavier person in the room. I had a really hard time. Um, I took so many that there was one night where my sister's son was with us at our house and he woke up in the middle of the night and my parents hadn't heard him and I went into his room having taken all of these laxatives and diuretics and I brought him into the kitchen and I had his bottle and then I passed out and dropped him and I woke up on the floor with my nephew just looking around, he was okay, he, he fell on his bottom, although I think his mom said I dropped him on his head, <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but um, I needed help, I mean, I just knew that I needed a lot of help, and I started to really get recovery, and it was the most wonderful, amazing experience to stop the diuretics, to stop the laxatives, I still struggle terribly with food, weight, and body image, it's still really, really hard for me, but compared to where I once was, it's just a miracle to be here. It's really amazing, amazing miracle. Um, since I have been um, in OA, it's, it was nine years yesterday. It was my um, yesterday was my birthday for nine years of abstinence. And, and it's, it's been, it's, I've been, you know, I've, I've been up to 145, 150. I've been down, you know, into the 120s. I weigh 139. I still care a lot about what that, that number says and what that means. Um, but I have a place to come that I am accepted, understood, and loved. And there's nowhere else I have this. I can tell you when I'm at school, I feel like they're better. I still have that. When I'm at, um, I'm going to my sister-in-law's today, and when I'm at her house, I feel like she's just so good at life. And I still have that feeling. And so 
there's actions I can take. I, I put on makeup, I did my hair, I dressed up, and when I go in, I'll feel better than I would have if I didn't. Um, I want to say that 10 years ago, I was suicidal. I didn't think it was worth it anymore. I couldn't stop deading. I couldn't stop overeating. I couldn't stop taking sleeping medicine to escape. And I came to OA, and it was on um, October 9th that I heard someone share, and I left and said to my friend, I just don't think I'm worthy. I want what other people have, but I don't think I'm worthy of having it. And she said, you know, OA would say do it anyway. And that's when my absence began. Um, it's been imperfect. I've had lots of, oh, my God. I, I, my sister and her friends, they all went on these herbs, and they were getting thin and skinny, and I was, like, telling my sponsor, I've got to go on these herbs. I have to go on the herbs. And, and my sponsor said, you know, where is God? And I said, he's in the earth. Okay? I have to go on the earth. And I, and I have to tell you that I'm glad because I did. I did. They worked for less than a week. And everything I ever try just brings me back here to God. And I still struggle with what that means and how to connect and how could God be there if there was all these terrible things. And in OA, for the very first time, I gave up, um, I know it sounds crazy, but I stopped chewing bubblegum. I used to always chew it. It was in my pockets. It was in my car. The second I get in the car after teaching, I'd be chewing it frantically and, you know, blowing big bubbles. And I was just like this little kid. And I gave up gum. And within one week, I was in Cedars emergency room. And I thought I was having a heart attack. My arm went numb. I had pain in my chest. I was having trouble breathing, and after all the tests they did, the doctor in the emergency room said, you, what you've had is an anxiety attack. And he said, is there anything that's been going on? And I just couldn't say, I gave up the Zuka bubble gum. And that's why I'm in the emergency room, because I don't chew gum anymore. But I could come immediately here and say, that was that hard for me that I gave up something that was that hard for me. And I still give up and take back. I still go back and forth. Um, weight still goes up and down. But what's never changed is that I still come back no matter what. I still, no matter what, I still, I call my sponsor. I send my food. I tell the truth. I don't get in trouble at work. I used to always get in trouble. It was always willful and you're so lucky I didn't come here. And I was just such a, such an awful employee. And, I, um, when I did the steps and I had to see my part in my teaching, I had to see that I, I went to my principal and I went to the coordinator and I said, you know, my test scores suck. I have a really hard time at this job. What can I do? I just went in and said, can you tell me what you think I could do to be better at this? And the woman um, coordinator said, you don't give enough to your kids that are really low. You just focus on the ones who get it, and you don't give enough to the ones who don't. And I was so grateful that she was honest and that there was something I could do. So now I have an after-school tutoring program. I give back to the students. I have texting. I give, I give every parent my phone number. 
my email. Um, they can have my address. I'm, if anything, I, if you want me, I'm here. Call me if you need it. And I'm giving back because I can't go backwards and fix the damage that I did in the past. And that's because I come to you. Um, I work in a school now that has performing arts and I love the arts and that's my passion and um, I still hate testing, I still struggle with it, but there's things that I love that I can still do and um, I couldn't, when I got abstinent, I couldn't travel, I couldn't go away, I felt like this is the only place I'm safe and alive and if I leave here, I'm going to die, so I can't leave. And it was my husband, who loves traveling, was like, he took out the map, you know, of California. We're staying in California. I couldn't leave California. And he, and he got the map from AAA, and we went up the map, and we're going to Northern California, and he turns the map over, and, and I said, no, 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 we have to stay on the front of the map. And we were going to go to San Francisco, and he said, he said, God bless him. God bless him. He looked at it, and, and he said, okay, you know, so we won't go that far. So we went to Carmel instead of San Francisco because it was on that side of the map. My anxiety about travel, my anxiety that I wouldn't see my kids again, that I was afraid something would happen, I just couldn't do it. And this last year, I went to Israel. We went to Europe. I loved it. I want to go back. All these things happen because I hung out with you. That's how it happens. Just keep hanging out with people who struggle, people who get it. It's still hard for me, so hard for me socially. Um, I'm taking, uh, okay, so I got into art in a really big way. I went to, um, I had a sponsor who told me that angels were her higher power, and it, I love the idea. I just love the idea of angels. I, I, I don't have any negative around that. And God, you know, I just think who shall live and who shall die. That's when I think of God. But when I think of angels, I just don't think anything other than love. And that's what I need in my consciousness to be the best person I can. And I have to have something connected to be able to be here. So I went to hear um, an outside um, program to hear someone on angels. And when I left that meeting two years ago, I, I swear it was loud, and I felt angels just saying, you've got to get back to your art. And so I actually brought what I'm donating to our, um, to our talent show, and this is my 12 steps that I'm giving to OA. And this is, oh my God, I'm shaking so much. Okay, and this one is the serenity prayer that I'm donating. And, and for the first time, um, there is something visual now for me. I need something that I can look at that says I have a place where I belong. I have love. I can do it. I can get through this. And um, I am taking an acting class that starts in a week on on presenting my art in a one-woman show. I still can't speak. Look at me. I'm on, on my left. But I'm so... I get, I get something here. I can't get anywhere. There isn't another place on the planet that I can be as insecure and, and honest about it. Here, this is it. This is the only place I can do that. And it's very hard for me to the other places because I, I'm not good at filtering, you know? So, like, I could be talking to someone for 10 minutes 
and they already know I have an eating disorder. They know that I'm in program. They know that I struggle. I mean, and I, so I, I try really hard. Like, the secret to serenity with people is just not to be with them. Like, just, 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 just back off. And, like, at school, I, I stay in my room at recess. My kids are allowed to stay in with me. I stay in my room at lunch. The kids in the room stay with me. I barely, I see the teachers once a week. We have lunch on um, Fridays. And when I go, I have that, that nervousness. Like, I think, I think just, like, don't spill it all. You know, just be, just be with people. And so it's hard for me. So I'm, like, sitting across me. How are your daughters? Uh, and I, I want to, like, like, I want to say, like, what's your deepest issue? <laughs> what is it? Because that's what I want to know. Like, what, who you really are? What do you really feel? And it doesn't go well. Like, people are, <laughs> it's not like, it's not like, oh, we want Cindy at our party because it's not. I'm so uncomfortable. I'm nervous. I talk or I retreat. And when my husband and I will be somewhere, he can go to anybody in the party and say, do you have a dog or do you have a baby in this house? And that's where my wife will be. So I'm either hanging out with dogs, eight-year-olds, or people with an eating disorder. That's, that's, that's my, you know, and babies' pre-language are, like, so amazing. Um, okay. I shared this before. Um, my dad passed away 11 years ago. We weren't close. I really, I have to be honest, I was never close with either of my parents. I didn't miss him. I won't miss my mom. That's the truth. That's the truth. Um, but after being in program and making my amends at his grave and feeling a peace, about two years ago, or a year and a half ago, my mom and dad's best friend um, was going blind um, and he's a photographer. And he still has like less than 5%. And he went through every picture that he has. And he sent me this picture of me with my dad. And I just, oh my God, when I saw it, I just saw a, a child of God who just wanted love, who wasn't so sick yet. And I. And when I got this, I thought, you know, my story was that I wasn't loved. When he died, we went through his things, and he had a box of all of his important papers, and there was a picture of my brother at a football game with him, and there was a letter from my sister, and his marriage license was in there, and there was nothing in there of me. And my feeling of being insignificant and invisible and unacceptable has never really left me. But I look now and think... It's time for a new story. You know, maybe he adored me. Maybe I was his precious youngest daughter, but he didn't have enough in him anymore. Maybe nothing was personal. And he was wealthy before I was born and very strapped financially when he was raising me. And I took all of that, um, meaning I'm not good enough, I'm not special enough, I'm not important enough, and now when I see this, I feel only love. And that couldn't have happened without programs. It's just not possible. Um, my brother and I are now close. We weren't when we were younger. He, he, I got him into a 12-step. 
we went away for a weekend together to work on our four step. We stayed at this beautiful hotel. We were next to barking seals by the marina. It was so beautiful that I was with him for a weekend. And he was just, whenever you want to eat, we'll eat. I'm like, what is that? Like, do you just say, I don't care when I eat. I can eat any time. So when you're hungry, we'll eat. And I was like, okay. So we just, we live by my clock. So how could it go wrong, right? You just, <laughs> whatever you want. That's uh, perfect. Um, and so we're both doing, you know, our inventories in the same room. I'm in my bed. He's at his desk. And he stopped for a second. And I said, how did you feel about mom? And he said, fucking hate her and I said you have made me so happy (laughs) I did I did and I meant it because the gift that my parents gave me was my brother and my sister and my mom was an only child and just wanted her kids to be there for each other that's all she cared about she cared more that we were there for each other than anything to do with her I just want you guys close and it's the greatest gift that I got we are, we, are, we, we are there for each other. We really work hard, and I, I see them um, every, every month. We have a set date and a time. Um, I heard that my husband said, you know, I would like a day, a month. I think that's reasonable. And, um, and I was like, going on Saturday I go to a meeting, and on Sunday I go to a meeting, and every single day I, I work out. I work with kids, I go to an exercise class every night, I sponsor, I am sponsored. I'm living a life of my dreams. I still don't know how to absorb them. That's still the problem. So this morning, when I was leaving, um, my husband said, you know, would you like me to come? I said, I'd love if you came. We've been together 31 years, and I still couldn't say, could you come? I really want you to come. I still couldn't say it until he said, do you want me to? So the sadness of my, where I am safe, I still don't say what I need, what works. And then, you know, sometime later, there'll be some resentment that I didn't know I had, because you weren't reading my mind. Why not? You know, you, you should just know what I want. Um, no, you have to voice it. And um, I promised my son that I wouldn't do anything embarrassing, so I think I'm doing okay. Um, the acceptance of my of my scatteredness, that's what I'm going to say is a huge defect in my character. Um, I still lose everything. I lose things all the time, especially important papers. And I have such a hard time being a grown-up. I have such a hard time with with paperwork, report cards, bills, they, they just, they disappear because I'm nervous around them. And I, I, I still, you know, my classroom's always sort of chaotic and not, not very organized as I want it to be. And a parent wrote a letter to the principal about what a mess my desk was. And thank you. Good for you. And, and I was, I was like, that's it? That's all you saw was this mess on my desk? Like, that's it? And, and no, she had many other things that she hated about me that, she, you know, the list was, like, insane. But, but her daughter came to see me this year, and she came skipping in my room, and she said, your desk is still a mess. And, I, and then she kicked off and left my room, and, um, and I, I thought, okay, 
this is it. I'm teaching 31 years. Get a clean desk. And I brought a big giant cart next to my desk, and my desk looks perfect. Took 31 years to have a clean desk. So what? I get there. I used to be so embarrassed and ashamed at how long everything takes me. I still don't meditate. My brothers have been 12 to say, did you meditate today? Both of my sons meditate every day. My younger son said, Mom, if you don't have 20 minutes to meditate, you need an hour. Okay? Okay? 19 years old. And I, they're so, they're so beautiful. They're so forgiving. They're so kind. And I guess that's my time. Thank you for letting me share. Okay, there is no break at this meeting. We will now pass the basket for our seventh tradition. A donation of $3 is suggested, but any amount would be greatly appreciated. Um, my sponsor used to say, think about what you spent on a binge. And I, I know, I know, that's what she would tell me. I go, okay, okay, okay. All right. Um, the 12 traditions. Ellie, Ellie, could you come and read the 12 traditions? Okay. 
This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. If being recorded, restate the question after it's asked. Okay, and we stop at 9.35, so you'll just tell me when that is. Okay. Okay, this is the scary part. Hi, Casey. Hi, good to see you. That was astounding. I'm going to try that. But um, when you know what you want, as in your husband's company, do you ever consciously request it, or is it always subconsciously? That's a great question. I think it's sub. I don't think I'm... I think I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid that that I won't get what I want and that I, it's so vulnerable to say this is what I need or this is what I want and that I just it's sad I still feel sad but grateful because I told him I said I don't know why I couldn't just say I'd love for you to come why couldn't I just say and so it's not conscious I don't think at all um, you and then you hi thank you very much so, it's had many definitions. Um, there was a time I had no sugar. There was time I had only three meals. I find that um, I went on delivered food for uh, almost a year, and I lost 10 pounds, gained back 12 on the delivered food. I kept adding things. So, I can't, not, there's nothing, there's no magic out there, and I'm still, I'm still looking. But I come back here no matter what. I still want it to be that easy. I just want it to be effortless. And when I'm stressed, I, my go-to is still, it's still automatically, I think, of food. And I automatically want something for that feeling. So um, my absence, um, not restrictive, not uh, punishing, not starting over ever. So my date of, of October 10th is... That's it. I'm not going to have a new date. So I, I just say it's never giving up, never stop coming, never stop trying, and be rigorously honest. I send my food every day, go to therapy every week. I do a lot to try to stay. I work hard to be middle-aged and overweight. Like if it weren't for program, <laughs> I would be like middle-aged and obese. I would. And the teachers I work with, I can't explain the numbers of obesity. It's a profession of constant pulling from you. And, and I have a sponsee who's a retired teacher, and I once said, you know, was, like, how'd the food get when you stopped teaching? And she said, that's when I lost the rest of my weight. So I'm, like, looking forward to retirement, <laughs> and I'm hoping that that will be my story, that said it will lessen. Because in the summer, I don't, have, I don't have the same struggle. If I weighed 138 all summer, I wasn't upset. The second school started, I was upset. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a compulsion. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Um, what do you do or the tools that you use if you find yourself wanting to face someone else's discourse? Oh, take it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's okay. Oh, I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting, I'm so sorry. Okay, I'm so sorry. 
Thank you, Christian. So this question was about when you're having a resentment of taking someone else's inventory. Um, well, the first instinct is okay with me because you can't judge that one. But if I have that um, resentment, I had one for a neighbor whose home is disgusting and they, re they made this mansion across the street that I just hate and I had resentment seeing it every single day. And my sponsor had me write a letter that I would never give to anyone. And it, I wrote every angry, I was so outraged and it, it melted when I finished the letter. So if I would be willing to do that for every time that I'm feeling that level, I probably wouldn't think of the food so quickly. And I hope I'm willing. I mean, it's, it's really hard. There's something righteous about resentment. There's something like, you know, well, you did that. And you should do that. You know, it just, you feel stronger. But, but I do know that more recovery means less resentment. So I don't have the level I used to. If I do it on the inventory now, it's much, it's much less. I don't, I don't carry that much. Cause I'm busy. I'm really, I'm really all day from six in the morning until eight at night, and that's when I get home. I'm really focused on just being better. Um, so it's yeah, resentment's hard. Michael Black. <laughs> The question. We share the same profession. Mm. I have that less than feeling when I'm with my colleagues. I'm supposed to do a presentation on Tuesday. A little pity, and I'm scared to death. And I put it off for eight years. Not just one presentation, but the theater is here, and I'm right. procrastinating. And uh, I can do it all on the weekend, and I can kind of do it for a few weeks. I mean, I can go away. Okay, so having to be, be with adults um, is the question when I'm with kids all day. Kids are accepting, non-judgmental. They say what they're thinking and I'm able to take it. Um, with adults, it's really scary. So my room partner is a master teacher. She can teach with video cameras. She can teach with anybody coming in. She's totally comfortable. I'm a wreck when my principal opens the door. I am a wreck. And I'm not as good when he walks in. I'm not. I'm nervous and when he's observing me, I'm not doing as well. And I've shared this story before that um, my room partner and I, he sends an email immediately after he comes in your room. And so he told me, you know, you did, you did this, you need to work on that, it was a good job. Okay, she, she shows me that hers says in big, bold, capital letters, you are magic. <laughs> Right? Right? Okay. And then he comes to my room again, and he comes in, and he sends me the next email. This was good. Work on that. Okay. It's not bad. She comes into my room and says, he wants to film me. Okay? So I literally did say to her, this was really hard for me. I did. I said, he comes in, and I feel really insecure, and I know that he's going to send you something better, and it's really hard for me. And she said she stopped. So I was so proud that I was able to do that because it was, it was excruciating and I still don't want to ever speak in front of adults unless it's, unless it's here. Yeah, I, I don't. They wanted volunteers for, for the end of this month and there was, there's no way. For some reason I'm attracted to doing a one-woman show because the lights will be off and I won't be able to see anybody and I can just let out stuff and 
I, I'm okay with that. If I'm the center, I'm fine. It's amazing how that works. But if I'm having to be like, today we're going to go to my sister-in-law's, it's going to be very hard. Because I want to have like a meeting in the sukkah, you know. I want everybody to be, let's join hands, and let's, let's, let's talk about our feelings, you know. And it's not going to be like that. So, it's hard. Riva and then Ellie. Thank you for your God, I hope so. I hope so. Um, so the question is about doing the art and, and how to manifest it in other areas. Um, I feel the most comfortable at home, and I'm surrounded by all the art at home. And I, I, I'm so excited I found something fun. And I was told in one of the meetings I had with a sponsor was to define fun, and I couldn't. I couldn't think of anything other than spending too much money. I couldn't think of anything fun, and and I feel this gift that I can now have something that's a passion, and and I I like giving it away. I like I, I just I'm happy that I found something, and I oh my God, do I wish it went into teaching and being with other adults and not having the resentments of other people. So. I hope it does. I called someone um, in program who had 43 years, and I said, I, still tr- I struggle every day with food, body image, and weight. And, and he was just pure, unconditional love. Just keep coming back. You'll get it. Maybe you'll be old, you know, but you will get it. If you keep coming, you'll get it. So I, I don't give up. I just keep coming. That's all I, that's all I have, you know. That's it. Ellie. Um, thank you, Cindy. Um, I was here patient improvement. Can you see your improvement? Can you express that and the growth that happened to you? It's really hard for me to accept goodness. Really hard. I did the most amazing bulletin board. It was amazing. And the principal walked by with a, a visitor, and he said, tell us about this bulletin board class. You know, and my kids were, first we did character, and then we did setting, and then we did plot, and it was so impressive. And when I saw him later, he complimented me, and I said, there were typos. Right? And then I was mad at myself for a whole week of it. For a whole week. I said, like, why couldn't you just say, Thank you. Just say thank you. And I told him their typos, and a senior did it for me, and I felt, and I'm, and I thought, whenever this happens, I'm thinking, shut up, Cindy, stop talking. But it's so natural, it's so automatic, and so it's a, it's an effort to not be negative and self-loathing and shamed, and and that here I feel love, and I I don't have that everywhere. Just, I mean, because nobody else gets it like people here. No, they don't. And my sponsor was like, well, it's not their job to. That's why you go to the program. 
Um, so I hope I can let it in. Like I, like I couldn't have a better life. I have a, it's like a fairy tale life, and I still will. But it's just so hard to, to say that I don't know how to let let myself be happy and joyous and free. I know how much I've improved. I mean, from ten years ago, it's a different person. I just don't know how to hold it. Um, Roberta. Higher power is the hardest part, and it's the central, important core to our program. And it's the hardest part for me. Um, I have a lot of anger towards God. I have a lot of rage towards life not being fair. Um, there's moments. That's all I've gotten in program, honestly, with higher power. I have some moments of peace and moments of acceptance that I wouldn't have with that program. So I think of that as a higher power. And I'm just at a meeting where a person said, I don't know what higher power is, but I know what lower power is. And if I can remember that, anything above that is where I want to be. So I can believe in something that's better than my lower, lowest self where I can say, but there were typos, you know? But that I, I want to be able to be in that higher self, that higher loving place and I'm in awe of people who have that connection because they handle life they handle life with grace and I want that you know I still have like like I broke my ankle it was a 911 I was depressed I got gained weight and it was a mess over an injury and I was so embarrassed and ashamed and I I want to be connected to that highest source because we're going to have broken things we just are. If we're going to live longer, we're going to have things happen. And I, I, I want to have that grace. That's, that's what I pray for. It's hard for me. It's really hard. Any other questions? I'll ask um, how you connect on a daily basis to the program. What do you do? And, and what do you do to try and connect It's always the hardest stuff. But it's okay. So... Um, so, oh, the question was, what do I do to connect to a higher power? I'm sorry, I keep forgetting to say what you're asking me for the recording. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, what do I do to say? I, for me, God's through people and God's through artistic expression. So if I look at things that I've created that say there's a higher place and I don't need to stay down there, then I'm trying. Then I found something at least that's symbolic and fun and connecting um, I do reading some of the time I've been assigned to, to write to my angels every day for 30 days and and this morning I wrote dear angels what the fuck that was my letter to them this morning and I was like you know this isn't right and I, and I had my lips and, and this shouldn't be happening and, and, we, and you know I'm like pissed because good people don't always get what they deserve and I'm the, I want the, the world to be safe and fair and the world isn't it just, just isn't sometimes there's luck but I connecting is only through the people the art I do some reading I am doing the writing now it's been um, this is my 10th day 
of writing to angels every day, and I'm not feeling like, oh, we are, we are like this. I'm not. My sponsor was like, you know, let go of what you're expecting. Just keep doing it. So it takes me forever. I'm in program nine years. I just now am willing to write every day to angels. It's a long time to be willing. Are we done? Yeah. <laughs>